1: we welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. It's good to be back. We've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then uh, certainly um This is something that we all need to have in our lives. Uh, We've talked about receiving the Holy Spirit last week, and so we'll continue on that. But why don't we pray first? Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. And Lord, we're so thankful that you have sent the power of your Spirit into our lives so that we can overcome sin, so that we can overcome the the division that the enemy is trying to cause, and so that we can have power in our lives to be true disciples. We love you, we praise you, and we look forward to a great day today and a great week coming, and that you would be exalted in everything we do. So we bless you, thank you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. All right, the Holy Spirit is understood best by the scriptures, right? And we talked about that last week. And we, um, in my opinion, everyone receives all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is a, a small review here. However, the size of the gift differs Also, some people ignore their gifts, and so their gifts seem invisible, and some gifts disappear because we don't exercise them. Others, people's theology doesn't support the premise about these gifts, and some people feel that the gifts of prophecy and tongues are no longer for today, and some people don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit in their lives. All this talk about gifts, when... Some aren't even sure about the giver. Scripture is clear that when you accept Yeshua as Lord, you receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians one thirteen and 14 says, After you heard the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, and when you put your trust in Him, you were sealed with the promised Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit. He is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of his possession to his glorious praise. So, just uh, continuing a small review, it seems to me the greatest powers we have given to us by the Holy Spirit is to be anointed to share the good news, that's one. Two, to have the strength to overcome sin and its temptations. Three, to pray in the name of Yeshua And see signs, wonders, and miracles as we activate the Spirit's fruit and gifts in our lives. I'm going to quickly review the list of seven characteristics that might block our effectiveness with the power of the Holy Spirit. Number one, doubt, which is often caused by a lot of things, but certainly intellectual pride. Number two, religious tradition. Number three, fear of the supernatural. Number four, unconfessed sin. Five, emotional wounds. Six, an unyielded spirit. And number seven, a lack of love, unity, and reconciliation in our relationships. Now, uh, let's look at what we can uh, and, and should do to see the power of God's spirit in our lives Again, this is my opinion, but I believe it's backed up by Scripture. Number one, we talked about, uh, I believe, six of these last week, uh, or actually six or seven, and we'll go into detail on the last few. So number one was the Holy Spirit as a promise from God for us to be clothed with power. Number two, When someone says they are sending you a gift, you anticipate its arrival, and you're excited about it, right? So, too, it should be with the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, all of these in one mind, talking about Acts 1, when they were praying together in unity. Number four, prayer with expectation, yet we should have patience but we have expectation for the gift. Number five, we must keep our eyes on the Spirit of God and His gifts and fruits of the Spirit that He wants us to exhibit to accomplish what His goals are for us. Number six, we are to soak in the Word of God. Right? Okay, so let's now look at 7 through 10, I believe it is and see a little more of how we can truly get a sense of God's Spirit in our lives. Number seven, seek God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Well, what's going to be added to us? The power of God's Spirit. Now, look, we can seek God by fasting, by prayer, by worship, by surrendering to him. There are lots of ways to seek God, and we need to seek God in all ways, right? Number eight, we need to abide in Yeshua, abide in him. Look, John 15 is all about this. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. In this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So we should meditate on John 14 and 15, because God wants us to dwell in him and with him. Now, the word dwell means to live there. So we should be with Yeshua 24-7, right? We are to abide in him. Certainly, when we do that, uh, we will have the power of God's spirit in our life, and we'll also see the gifts uh, abundantly as we abide in him. Number nine, we need to love one another. Again, uh, John 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, no one has greater love than this that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You know, it, it just is surprising to me about believers. They can be very strong about somebody else's sin, they can be very strong about the way somebody else talks and And all of these things are really important. We you know, to overcome sin and to accept correct but corrected but but the the thing that God commands us to do, Yeshua commands us is to love one another. and we rationalize why we can't do that. Well, if they wouldn't have acted this way. I could have, you know, I couldn't show my love or all these different things that people say. It's ridiculous. God is clear in his word that we are, it says, this is my commandment. It's not my suggestion. It's not something that would be nice that you love one another just as Yeshua and the Lord God loved us. I think that's got to be very clear and and take a look at your life and make sure that your words that everything you do is showing that you love one another. And number 10, we need to believe, trust and have faith. Look, faith in God, his word and his promises is is such a key to having the Spirit of God in our lives. Yeshua said, again in the book of John 14, 1 and 2, Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust, trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And we see also in Galatians 3, 5. So then, the one who gives you the ruach and works miracles among you, does he do it because of your deeds based on Torah or the law or your hearing based on trust and faithfulness? Trust is the beginning of the power of God's Holy Spirit in us. It is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11.6 We cannot walk in the power of the Holy Spirit if we do not walk by faith. We need to develop a childlike faith to walk in the power of God. I was a believer for approximately seven years before I really saw the power of the Holy Spirit working inside me. Whenever I tell these stories, I know they sound strange for this Jewish guy, but my wife and I were paid singers in in an Episcopal church, which years ago, I'm talking about now in the 70s, was quite dead spiritually. However, I could see these 10 or so people on the right side of the church as if it were yesterday. Yesterday. They were sitting on the right side with big smiles on their faces, just loving the entire service. And I was thinking, how is this possible? I wanted what they had. I wanted that joy that they had. So I asked the assistant rector uh, what they had because he was one of them. Notice I didn't ask the the rector, the pastor in charge, because from what I could see, he was not one of them. (laughs) Two weeks later, he and his wife came over, laid hands on my wife and I, and prayed. And we've never been the same since. So I guess that besides all the things that I've mentioned already, you have to realize that you're missing something. And you have to want it. You have to hunger after it. You have to have a relentless desire until you see the power of God's Spirit working in your life. And honestly, do we ever have as much of the power of the Holy Spirit as we desire? I certainly don't. So this teaching... For me, it it helps my desire, it it rekindles my flame, my desire uh, to go further with the Lord and and to want more of what he's offering us. You know, I want to finish this particular section with a couple quotes from an article by uh, R.A. Torrey, who lived between 1856 and 1928. He was an evangelist teacher, author, and was the first dean at the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. He wrote this great article called Living in the Power of the Spirit. And I've messianized his quotes for my teaching here, but you might want me to send this to you. I'll be happy to email you this article, the entire thing. I'd be more than happy to do so. Listen, um, when I read this, it might not make as much sense because I had to read this a couple times to really get what he was saying. But number one, he says, we obtain the fullness of power that God has provided for us in Messiah to the same extent that we understand and claim the Holy Spirit's work for ourselves. Many in the body of believers claim for themselves only a small part of what God has made possible for them in Messiah because they know so little of what the Holy Spirit can do and longs to do for us. Uh, Second quote, the life of a believer is not to be lived in the realm of natural temperament, but in the realm of the Spirit. And a believer's work is not to be done in the power of natural endowment, but in the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit eagerly desires to do his whole work for each of us. He will do for us everything we will let him do. And sometimes uh, that last sentence really bugs me. You know, you ever get irritated by something somebody says because you really feel they're right, but you don't want to deal with it? Uh, that's the last sentence. I'll read it again to you. The Holy Spirit will do for us everything we will let him do. Wow. Um, you know, uh, I I must say guilty there. Um and I wonder how many of you are guilty in this area. It's, it's an area that, um, we need to wrestle with all the things that I've mentioned today in today's teaching. We, we, we have to understand why do we put walls up so that God and the power of his spirit don't reach us. There are some things that we just we're either scared or they're just, you know, I've gone over reasons, but when it comes down to it, everybody has a different reason why the wall is being set up. And I know, I, I see some of my walls and I just can't understand why I allow them to exist, why I don't, you know, knock them down and say, Lord Give me everything. Give me everything. You know, what am I scared of? I don't know. Honestly, I'm just being honest with you. But I know that God wants to give us more than what we have accepted. And so this week, as you think about some of my words, consider what God wants you to have and and just ask him for a full measure ask him for a full measure well with a few minutes we have left I'm going to start a new topic and we'll finish it up next week and that is that I realized you know I'm talking about the gifts of the spirit I'm talking about the holy spirit and 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 um, I, and I realized for all of this that we need in our lives, we have to learn to hear God's voice. So this is the next topic over this week and next week that we're going to talk about, hearing God's voice. And the question I would ask you is, do you hear God's voice? How does the Holy Spirit speak to you and help you? If the Holy Spirit is going to be our helper— we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. So in, in our uh, synagogue service last week, I gave a message on this very thing, and it was based on the parasha, specifically about hearing God's voice. Now, the parasha, do you remember what that word means? It means portion, and it means that each week we read a portion in the synagogue of various parts of the Bible— it starts with the Torah portion, which obviously is the first five books of Moses, or the first five books in the Bible. The Torah portion, which is the reading usually from the prophets, and then we add uh, a Brit Hadashah reading, a New Covenant reading. So follow me, this is from a couple weeks ago. Uh, this parasha is called Shalach, which means send out. And begins in Numbers 13, if you want to follow it with me. Moses sends out the spies. Obviously, ten of the spies thought Israel should not go into the land. I'm going to say to you today that I believe they did not hear God's voice. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> okay. But in Numbers 13.30, we hear And it says this, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should definitely go up and capture the land, for we can certainly do it. Where did Caleb get this understanding from? He was with the other 11, actually. Joshua had the same understanding as Caleb. Where did these two Why did they say positive things, even though they saw the giants in the land, so to speak? Why did they say uh, that they could do it? And my response to you is, even though it doesn't say specifically this in Scripture, I believe God spoke to them. I believe God spoke to them. Now, in Numbers 14, 10, and 11, this is a very interesting scripture. Then the glory of Adonai appeared at the tent of meeting to all B'nai Yisrael. Adonai said to Moses, How long will these people treat me contemptibly? How long will they neglect to trust in me, in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them? Now, I want you to know notice in this passage that I just read, that God appeared to everyone. Maybe I should read it again. The glory of Adonai appeared at the tent of meeting to all B'nai Yisrael, all the children of Israel. So all the children of Israel knew that God was there, right? But God only spoke to Moses. God says the people haven't trusted him, even though he did miracles for them. So I'm going to give you my premise, and and we'll go over this next week again. Here's my opinion. You might know God. Certainly the people of Israel knew God, but you can't rely on others to hear God's voice for you. If you do, you will trust in that person and not in God. When that person fails, you'll feel like God failed. Trusting God comes from hearing God's voice. If you don't hear his voice, you are less likely to trust God. Okay, that's my premise. We'll talk way more about that next week. If you want that article that I mentioned, the pow- Living in the Power of the Spirit, then uh, call Karen, and you can call her at 813-831-5673, and she'll email it to you, of course, no cost. And if you feel that this program is valuable to you, we could really appreciate your financial support as we are behind in in uh the money we've received in to pay for the radio air so uh whatever you could do either go to rabbi at heart of or just uh call karen again 813-831-5673 come visit one of our Sharesh david locations find us online at dot david.org or check our facebook out as well um Uh, You know, uh, look at Sharesh David Messianic Synagogue. Look, I just pray right now that the Lord would be your first priority. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King.
0: You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.